Welcome to the Miskatonic Playhouse and Act 3 of The Yellow Death. I'm T.A. Newman, your host. My team and I will be bringing to life adventures using the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game, which contains mature themes, cosmic horror, character death, and loss of sanity. Our mystery can be found in the Miskatonic Repository, where people like you and me can write an adventure for others to play. We are proud to have this episode of the Miskatonic Playhouse sponsored by the Storytelling Collective, who provide an excellent course on adventure writing, which many of the team have taken to help improve their writing skills. We'd also like to thank Sirenscape, whose tools have provided the background sounds that you hear. Last time, our investigators uncovered parts of the hospital and the death that occurred there. Staff seemed to know the secret behind the hospital, but the team began to experience strange visions of a putrid lake in a distant land. Visions that wanted to drag them down. Now it's time to pull back the curtain and roll the dice. Keeper, the stage is yours. have some sort of vision right now. You see yourself on a hill. In front of you, a castle. But you turn back, you don't look at the castle. There's a lake, a yellow lake. You go towards the lake. First your feet, then your legs. It is not water, it is a lake of phlegm. Just like all the spittoons just had been collected in some sort of horrific mucus-like yellow phlegm. It is up to your neck now. And you know what you have to do. You're about to go down when you wake up on your back in the mess hall. A sanity test, please. Of course. Would be my pleasure. <laughs> 94. <laughs> well, 1d6, please. All right. That's a one. So That's a one. More that's mercies. perfect. <laughs> uh, you collect yourself. You feel quite shaken, but that's all right. After all, you know, it's just people playing with their food. It should be just fine. Just fine doing my breathing exercises. I just felt faint for a moment. I'm okay, everyone. You still feel like your lungs are being taken. You kind of want to cough a little, but uh, it's all right. You have your spittoon with yourself. Uh, it is time for you to do a luck roll just to see if someone notices that you don't have your spittoon with you. 22, pass. Perfect. No one is asking. No one can see that. It's actually a hard success. Then uh, we are open to whatever you want to uh, for the afternoon. Can I steal someone else's platoon? Yes, of course you can do that. That's something that you were used to do in your past. Uh, <laughs> just one thing. For the afternoon, I'm going to try to speed things up slightly. Just tell me roughly what you want to do for the afternoon, and then we can move along things. I think we're going so to the theater. You're going to the theater? Mm -hmm. As a group. We're Perfect. All are, yeah. Amazing. Fantastic. 
uh, so that's going to be the first activity for the afternoon. You know that there is a schedule on that's not what is, you know, asked of you. R just after the lunch, you're supposed to go to heliotherapy, and then there's the noon walk outside, and uh, then you would have creative time. That's pretty much what it is supposed to be, but you can do whatever you want. You're part of the fifth ward, and you can just not respect the orders that you have been given. As, as a group, if anybody questions us about anything that we're doing on our way to the theater, we, we say that we were on our way to uh, heliotherapy. Being new here, there are multiple heliotherapy rooms and sessions and things. We can plead a little bit of uh, <clears throat> confusion there. Of course. Finding our way. Perfect. I think uh, I would like to also check out the heliotherapy room on the first floor because I was thinking that it might be a good place for me to be able to get out somehow. If we do need to break out, that's another option. So I do want yeah, to go course. over there. So, lunch is over now, and most people are being wheeled or are walking towards the different uh, heliotherapy room. Within each heliotherapy rooms, you have a lot of nurses and orderlies. They're wheeling people around. They're looking for, they're just watching over people, I guess. They don't want any trouble. It is supposed to be a quiet time. It is about feeling the warmth of the sun, cleansing your body, and helping you to get stronger now. So it is quiet at that time. You are going to the theater. There's two people there who are working. They are scribbling over some papers right now. They don't see you. They seem absorbed by what they're doing right now. Writing, writing, writing. I'll, um, I'll, I'll maybe go around them and I'll check out backstage. Do you want to use one to, I don't know, distract them while I go have a wee, see if I can find anything? I'll go and, I'll go Correct. and check out what they're writing. I don't, I don't, I don't mind taking a peek and keeping them occupied. Uh, first, Chris, do you want to steal one of the spittoons? Yes, actually, uh, I'm going to try and steal Arthur's spittoon. Great, <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> uh, well, I hope you get whatever I have. <laughs> oh yeah, God, no, there's still, there's still half So then, Chris, you're welcome to try and roll. I rolled an extreme 8 out of 50. So... An extreme... Is this an opposed <laughs> roll of any kind, or am I just in the massive... <laughs> um, tuberculosis roll? Arthur, I'm gonna suppose that you're not especially looking for thief right now, and because it is an extreme success, uh, I'm just gonna uh, let Chris steal your spittoon. Next time you're looking for it, next time you wanna cough, you will realize you don't have it anymore. So, we have Chris stealing the spittoons and trying to look around backstage, and the rest of you is talking to them, from what I got. Connor's gonna go with Sophia to speak to the people. Mm -hmm. uh, so. Chris, uh, backstage, you can uh, find a few props on uh, some texts lying, lying around. Uh, the dialogues don't really make sense. It feels like it is uh, patched up together by different writers. Uh, they're mostly talking about uh, succession and looking for, an, for a heir to the throne. We're going to gather it all up to take back to the others so they can have a wee look through it. Yeah. Props-wise, there is a big throne, uh, and that's pretty much it. 
what about you? So yeah, you go and talk to them. Uh, when they hear you coming, they hide their, uh, their papers, they hide what they were writing, and uh, they're asking you, what, 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 are, what are you doing here? Who are you guys? Well, uh, uh, we're new patients here. Uh, I heard you were putting on uh, a whole new play. I was very excited to, to know more about it. Yes, 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 we are putting on a play. Yes, yes, yes. It is a secret because it's not ready yet. Oh, I, I wouldn't dream of trying to, you know, spoil the, the play for myself, but uh, I just wanted to, uh, to, to know a bit more, like, when, when is this play going to be airing? Now, 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 Sophia, d d she is uh, quite the contemptible writer. She is, uh, she's very modest, but she is a glorified literary uh, example. Are you sure you can't uh, squeeze someone in to uh, have a little look, a little edit, a little tidy up of your work there? Oh, you're too kind. I mean, these, these, uh, these gentlemen couldn't possibly want my help. You're writing, you said. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. So you're looking for ideas? Well, no, I I just need some... I bloody hope, I bloody hope you're not looking for ideas, because those ideas, they're, they're mine. And the other one is like, no, they're not yours, they're mine! No, they're mine! And they start arguing, and they will hit, uh, hit each other in a few seconds. Oh, yeah, gentlemen, gentlemen, uh, uh, calm down. I, I wasn't looking to start a fight. Uh, I'll, I'll squeeze in between them. <laughs> Yes, 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 yes. I need to calm down. I don't want... No, yeah, yeah. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I know the truth. I am the main writer of the play. Well, uh, you can say that to yourself. I know the truth as well. Well, well this is... Uh, uh, Arthur, you... Arthur Strand, because I, I heard he was the main writer of the play. Which, which one of you is Arthur? Arthur... After, well, he wrote the music for the play, and yes, he wrote a bit of the play, but that was a long time ago. We've modified so many things now. Are you Jeremy? No, I'm not. Jeremy, he's not going, he's not coming to the theater anymore. Where's Jeremy? Jeremy? I told he was um, quite friendly with Arthur, and if he wrote the play, I'm sure Jeremy had something. Oh, he was a friend of us. He was always there at the theater with us. But since Arthur died, he's a, he's a good boy now. He's taking the sun. <laughs> but well, what can you say? If he doesn't want to get famous, his fault. Well, I am hugely anticipated to see this production that you have here coming on. May I ask? And and, and and I am not a writer. You have no fear from me. This is purely as a as a as a, as a fan of the theater. Where is it you are getting your exceptional ideas from? Is it from each other? Is it from uh, the, the dreams that you have? Is it from life experiences? You don't need a psychology role to see that they react when you say dream. They turn to you and they're like, you have them as well? The dreams? Yeah, I have dreams. Then... Then you're just like us. You know. You know the truth, right? About the lake. Yes, about the lake. And about the king. On the battle, who's gonna be king? Uh, 
so uh, Connor's lying a little bit here. The lake was something obviously he was yeah, truthful about. Because but... you're being truthful about, you know, there's no need for fast talk or anything. So far, everything is fine. Yeah, but about the king and the the the. the... And the castle. Yes, because all the play is in the castle. You can look at the lake through the window. But here, the play is in the castle. They're talking about who is going to be the heir, who's going to be the new king. And who is? I, I mean, I'm usually not a fan of spoilers, but I feel like here, having the shared dreams that we have, who is going to be the new king? Well, we haven't finished writing the play. I mean, we are writing again and again. Sometimes we need to modify things. But um, we'll see. We'll see who's the king. He'll be there at the end. We know it. Because everyone is faking things. Some people, they have fake identities. They lie. They come in the castle. Um, <laughs> they think they're so clever, clever, clever. But they will be discovered. You will know that they were lying. We do, don't we? And when we find them out... Um, when we all rip off our mask and when we reveal who was lying and who wasn't lying, we will know who is the king at that time. Sophia's totally lost at this point, having never experienced anything. And she's like, king? Lake? <laughs> she starts sort of like backing off nervously, like, because she knows that there's a conversation happening and that she has no idea what it's about. She, she thinks she's a writer, but she doesn't understand. <laughs> it is so witty, <laughs> and it is so true. The truth, that's what's, what, what we're looking for in the art. It is the truth. Mm -hmm. Yes, we are all looking for the truth inside the writing and inside the art, in the paintings as well. Mr. Pershy, oh, well, he doesn't really understand Mr. Pershy, but he's glad. He's glad we're working. We're working well. We are doing art. Is Mr. Pershing, is he pushing this play? Is he involved in the play in whatever capacity? Mr. Pershing, he doesn't understand, but he's glad. But he's glad. So he doesn't understand the play. He doesn't understand the, 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 the need of the play. He's, he's what, just... A, you don't understand the play. You're not part of the writers. We need to work now. Get out. If I dream more, would you be interested? They turn to you. If you know the truth, we are interested. And then they turn back and they start writing again. So, so who's with us at this point? Is it, is it Sophia, Kyle and Arthur? Are we all together? You're all together on, I think that Chris uh, is done with the backstage. So Chris is with you again. So I will kind of, if, if we move away from these guys and we move to kind of like the, the, you know, the first, second row, kind of just in the aisle, perhaps when we're standing there, I will turn to them and I will kind of say about the, the craft room. Um, I, I saw something I went in there. I felt nauseous. I can tell you, Kyle, I see the look in your eye, boy, and it is not about the drink. You see those men there? They are talking about I something. Don't. They are talking about something that, that is exceptional, unreasonable, unfathomable. That is what I felt. A dream. It was... Um. <clears throat> Uh, I I had uh, the dream, also. <laughs> the Reverend talked about dreams and how the patients were uh, having dreams. Arthur, you realise you don't have your spittoon as you're coughing. Arthur, what what, what is it that Gosh. you saw? Has anyone seen my spittoon? Arthur, Arthur, I, I... concentrate. What what is it that you saw? 
I, uh, I, when I was unwell at the mess hall, I, uh, I had this vision of a, a castle and a yellow lake and I was, I was drowning. I believe perhaps there is something to this infection and I'm, I'm starting to become convinced that I have been infected and I'm, I'm sure it's a strange side effect of whatever virus is going about. But I fear that I now truly do belong in this place. And hearing myself saying that, I would really like it if everyone else please left. Because we have been idiots, not using masks and infecting ourselves. And there is something truly horrifying happening here. And my only goal here is to protect Sophia and I have failed. At which point Cormac does pull out a handkerchief and put it over his nose and mouth. I just feel there's a lack of faith in all of you. We, there's no time for faith anymore. It's just too late. I mean, faith got us here in the first place. Faith that it would be okay. Arthur, money got us here. I'm not here for the money. So No, you aren't. Sophia slams slams her hand down his head and says, All of you, snap out of this. Snap out of it right now. The, pa the patients, they must mm. be rubbing off on you somehow. We, we've got a job to do here. Don't forget that. Sophia, you're looking a bit pale yourself, are you? I feel fine. I'm not rambling on about kings and lakes and uh, uh, the arts in the writing and whatever the hell they're saying. We need... I should have taken charge earlier. We need, we need to get the information about Arthur Strand and we need to go. <laughs> That's, that was our mission. Is this worth it for you, Sophia? You don't need the money. Why are you risking your life like this? What is it that your father and your family have failed to provide for you? We're here to help people. That's all we're here for. We can't even help ourselves. There's something big happening here and we're thoroughly underprepared for this. Shall we pray then? We, we are pray. not going to kneel down and Kyle, start praying, Kyle. I am. I, I, no. I found the script they're working on. Can we see? Very good, Christopher. That's a long script. We have been working for eight years, so. Christopher, good boy. Good boy. We got this script, and, 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 and we, we can... The Arthur, Arthur, look at me. We know that we are not talking nonsense when we talk about this lake. I've not found a, a lake. There's... There's a king. Just keep reading, Christopher. Keep reading. Just keep reading. You'll find there's a, a lake. king, uh, uh, and there's a throne. And go to the end. Go to the end. Who's the heir? They haven't the written end. it yet. Didn't they say? You wouldn't be. You wouldn't be able to uh, put the pages in the right order. You could read them in any order. It would make the same kind of sense, which is nonsense. 
Right. They talked about uh, this this uh, car. You mentioned Jeremy. They Jeremy. They talked about uh, Jeremy being in the sunroom. We 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 need to scour the sunrooms, the helia heliographic rooms. We need to find Jeremy. We need to talk oh, to Jeremy. Oh, um, I met Horace. He knows Jeremy. I think you could ask Horace. Who's Horace? Who's Horace? Oh, I, I met him. Um, he's the other one in Ward. You know how there were two more people in uh, Ward Five? Um, well, I kind of met one when I was in the Helio. What's it call it? The Helio rooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. go on, boy. And uh, well, he, he, he. I think he might know Jeremy. So maybe if we talk to him, we could talk to Jeremy. Two leads, Horace. Jeremy, we're gonna be scaring the helio rooms. We're gonna find Horace uh, to find out what, what what he knows. Anybody else? Any other leads? What do we got? Well, doc, Doctor White, room twenty seven. Room twenty seven. Arthur, what's going on in room twenty seven? It was uh, Arthur's old room. Room twenty. And not not my old Arthur, the, the the dead one. Arthur Strand. The dead one. Yes. And dare I say, lead number four is aptly the fourth floor. There's also another one. The crematorium where you'll be burned. Well, it sounds like some religious praise there, Carl. Is that an accusation against me or is that just a general commentary on the bodies here at the sanatorium? The sanatorium, sir. I would never mm. burn you. Indeed, indeed. I could see that you weren't Unless it was required. Stare at me when you said that. Thank you, Carl. <laughs> Sophia, can, can I talk to you for a moment, please, before we... Of course. ...move on? He's gonna, like, very gently grab her hands and just look at her sadness in his eyes. You're not going to listen if I tell you to go, are you? I'm sorry, but we've we've got a mission. Uh, if everyone's losing their heads, that's not our, that's not on me. We've we've got a job to do. You are, I believe, in true danger, with barely any skills to figure out what's happening here. And I'm sorry to say that, but you're just a young girl. You need someone to protect you, and I'm. I don't think I'm well enough to do that anymore, and I, I can't in good conscience just let you be here. Will you go? And until you go, will you just protect yourself as much as you can? I'll protect myself, but the fact is we're not going out of here for two days regardless. So I say we find out what we can, and, uh, and then we all go together. There is an exit. An exit? Christopher found an exit, he said. There is a way to go. I, well, if we go, we should all go. I don't see why I have to go on my own. How is that protecting me? I only care about you, and I have a feeling that even if I go, I'll just be put right back in here. You're also defeatist. Look. There's another lead as well. We got. What about Doctor White? We haven't spoke to Doctor White this whole time, and it's Doctor White is a powerful man who will not speak with us. I understand that you will not change your mind on this, and you will forgive me if I try everything I can to protect you. 
That sounds mildly threatening. Uh, <laughs> Sophia, Sophia, not quite getting the nuance of it. It's just like, look, we'll stay together. We'll all protect each other. Just wear a mask. Okay, and she gets out, gets out a handkerchief and puts it over her face. Can in the same vein, Cormac just steal Christopher just very quickly. <laughs> Christopher, just... you're a young girl. <laughs> okay. You're 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 Connor, by the way. I'm Cormac. Uh, uh, oh, sorry, Connor. Sorry, Connor. Not Cormac, because that wouldn't be my character, and it'd be wrong of me to take Cormac oh. off to the side. Um, Have you had one too many drinks? There's, maybe in there's another life? conversation there. Yes, <laughs> indeed. indeed. Um, indeed. Uh, uh, Connor takes Christopher off to the side, and uh, just just kind of seeing. Arthur do that with Sophia. There's a bit of a moment there where he kind of recognises that he should be semi-responsible. And with Christopher, he just kind of says, um, and he's got his handkerchief over his face, he just goes, Christopher, boy, get, get, good man, good man. You see the situation here. You see what's going on. Now, you listen to me. Your mother, your mother, my sister, she is going to slap me silly on you if you get out of here in one piece. You understand? Sad you <laughs> says that Chris is an orphan. Yeah, I'm so sorry because he, it's a beautiful moment. Was that <laughs> your mother, your mother's spirit, your mother's guilt, your mother's <laughs> intentions, your mother's your, mother your, mother, your mother's deep-seated feeling <laughs> oh, inside no. me? I mean, this is a metaphorical conversation, Christopher. How did you not understand this, Christopher? I feel embarrassed for everybody here, but me who didn't read those notes. Uh... <laughs> he just kind of says, "But you, you, Christopher, you." Yeah, you don't take the same risk as everybody else here. You y understand? Me? Yes, sir. You're a young man. You got a life to lead. We are all going to be getting out of here, but I just need you to take extra care, extra caution, extra carefulness. You understand what I'm saying here, boy? I, I think I do, sir. Yeah, I think I do. Uh, you, I'm to Where, get when the I'm cards are get, drawn. Uh, the, I mean, I'll get out of dodge. Don't you worry, sir. I'm, I'm. I know what I need to do. Yeah. Hopefully, I can. When the time is right, when the cards fall, if they ain't in our favor, boy, we hold the fort and you get the hell out. Chris is like painstakingly making his way through the metaphor. I'll fold my cards, sir, and I'll get out of Dodge. And you head to Mr. Strand. He is the man with the money. He has paid us. And if we are not all getting out of here, he's paying you five times. You understand? Yes, sir. I, no, sir. I, I get it, and I, and I'll do it. But you, Uncle, you're, you're, you're coming with me. Oh, indeed, boy, indeed. But I like to hold the fort. You know what I'm saying, boy? You make your way out, and I'll find you on the outside, huh? Yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. I can. Good work, good work. I'll lean over and just pat him on the back. And as soon as I see Arthur and Sophia finishing their conversation, I'll pat Chris on the back and then just kind of push him aside and just go, okay, Sophia, we need you. You got the skills we need for this. I need you in here. Let's get in here. You're the boss of this. Let's start running this investigation properly. Sophia, what is our next step? Sophia's head like steps around. It's just like, she's like, what? what? We got to work out this play. I thought we were just trying to find out what happened to Strand. Okay, one, play, two, strand. Good work, Sophia. You're leading this. We need you here. Good work. Arthur, what about you? What are we doing? Well, we can go back and check on the room. Perhaps a part of the play could be hidden in uh, Arthur's old room that could help us put the pieces together. So um, play, 
Room, room 57. 27. Rooms. 20, 27. 27, Connor. That's, pay, pay attention I said if you 27. Can. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll need to uh, go to, to my room for a bit first because I'm not feeling very well. Uh, so uh, we have uh, the play itself. We have room 27. We have the, the, the heliotherapy rooms to find Jeremy, Dr. White. Let's stick together. Shall we all, uh, why don't on our way back to our rooms, Arthur, if you were so indignant on taking a break here, I understand it's been a heavy day for us all. Well, should we spin past the helio rooms on our heliotherapy rooms? Uh, on our you way have back many uh, heliotherapy rooms and you have one at each floor. So yeah, you can pass many. On our way somewhere, Arthur would like to take a, a quick detour if he can. Say he'll be back in a second and try to find a phone. Yeah, of course. No worries at all. By the way, because you've been here for a while now and because you've been uh, through these corridors and because you've seen the building, there is something that you all notice now. There's some plumbing on every damn wall that you see. It looks like uh, there's some sort of... It is. It looks pretty recent, I guess. I mean, it's, at least it doesn't look old. It looks a little newer than the rest. Uh, but there's this kind of weird plumbing that has been added to every wall that you see. Hmm. Um, as in piping? Yeah, as in piping. Yeah. Does anyone have any plumbing? <laughs> Um, so, we have uh, Art going back to his room, I think. Um, I was going to yeah, check for a phone. That is something that, which is perfectly possible. Could go ask a nurse about it if you want to. Uh, but like inconspicuously. Um, uh, you will be told that if you need to make a phone call, it is something that is quite possible. That you will be monitored, of course. Uh, because you can't, we can't leave you alone in a room talking to some stranger or with people and we don't know what you would tell them and stuff like that. So someone will be with you, but apart from that, you can phone anyone. Okay. Uh, if that's what you want to do, I assume who you're going to call. So if you want, you can do that. Perfect. Yep. Do you want to reassure them? Uh, what is the play here? What are you telling them? I'm assuming we have we have code words. <laughs> I mean, it's not the first time you call them and you don't want to be understood. So yeah, there's a few things that you know that you can say which will be understood. Okay. Um... We're, we're we're definitely not all <laughs> listening incredibly intently at this point, having no idea what's going on here. So are you say... are you calling for help or do you say? Yeah, uh, not 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 help per se, but I will say things are getting rough. The limit has been reached. Okay. The ferret needs to return to the base. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Chris, you're the ferret. So uh, that's oh, fine. No. <laughs> it, it is heard. At the same time, um, the person you're talking to is, uh, you know, of course. I've, worried when you say that on uh, ask you if there's something that needs to be done now or is that something that we need talk a, about in, in in the coming day we need to pick up potentially with resistance and then i'll say the, the address of, of the mm -hmm. senator you you uh, the person you're talking to uh tells you that 
he will do uh, everything he can, and he can do many things. And you should hear uh, the results of his actions pretty soon. Thank you. No, no, Over. no, 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 Arthur. That's me who is thankful. You, you have been kind enough to take that duty on yourself. Um, you're doing, you're doing God's work here. You have been a guardian angel. Um, I am thankful, grateful. And I am afraid I don't have much time left. So thank you. Arthur, Arthur, don't say that. Don't say that. Friend. I know I can be dramatic, but this time I mean it. You'll be back to your ledgers in no time, and I trust you. You've been, you've been amazing. I. Just take care of Sophia. I trust you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Great. Um, during that time, are we heading for Jeremy? Are we heading for Arthur's room? Uh, what do you want to do? So is Arthur gone rogue? Arthur's uh, gone Arthur on the road. is not going to be here during the next 20 minutes. Do we all go together or do we break into twos? I'm sorry. Do we all go together uh, or <laughs> do we uh, all, <laughs> all break into twos here? Cover ground. I know where Horace looks like, so if I can find him for you, maybe we can use him to find Jeremy. That's I think that's a good play here, sir. If you and Sophia... Wouldn't mind finding Horace. That that would be a mighty fine thing. I was just hoping I could just show Kyle something just momentarily, and we'll we'll catch you on the fifth floor immediately. Chris nods and gestures to Sophia. Sophia, Sophia goes along with it. At least it's going somewhere. It's like clues rather than people rambling on about weird plays and things that she's just like. Why is everyone losing their shit after like four hours of being in this <laughs> So Chris and Sophia are going to try to find Horace. What about Connor and Kyle? I'm taking Carl to see oh, something. <laughs> well, sorry. If you must. <laughs> Perhaps in more ways than one, but very specifically yep. in the <laughs> <crowd. laughs> Bastard. <laughs> but without telling him, I, I want to, I'm saying to Carl that I have something that he needs to see and that it would okay. be for, it's very much for, for him to experience you arrived uh, at the craft room there is someone there he looks like an old man in his uh, 60s he has quite a nice trimmed beard he's uh, cleaning uh, a few things when he sees you coming in uh, he turns to you and he's like oh, I, I don't think i have the, the pleasure to know you uh, i'm mr perche who are you Mr. Berger, I, I, I've been waiting for your acquaintance. Carl, go and have a look around, enjoy the paintings, really take them in, really look at the sculptures, really enjoy yourself, get as much in tune with it as you can, my friend. Okay, sir, I'll definitely do that. <laughs> nice to, nice meet, to you. meet you. Nice to uh, meet you. Um, Kyle, you you know what's, what's in there. I'm going to ask you for a sand roll. Sure. Just, I know this sounds really sadistic. Uh, I'm not doing this to Carl to make, to hurt him. I'm doing it for his understanding. Just in case, I'm sure someone's going to be listening going, wow, what a douchebag. <laughs> my intention, <laughs> my intention isn't to destroy your mind. Or is it? I can assure you that it's, it's not just listeners that necessarily think you're being a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry, not just the audience, all the players as well. And the keeper. And the next thought is whatever you need to tell yourself, human. Yeah. <laughs> whatever you I need to tell yourself. Where's my character? Where's my character? character? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Sophia. Okay, that's 37 over 40. So, okay, so uh, Kyle, you do find everything quite disturbing. Not as disturbing as Connor makes it to be. It is weird, alien in many ways. But at the same time, it kind of makes sense. You've talked to yes. the theater people, at least two of them. When you hear people talking like that, it doesn't really seem so far off. They're expelling demons here. Uh, in your eyes, yeah, it is quite... Maybe not a trip directly to hell, but it is in that direction. Sometimes you've got to free them <laughs> to realize they're really angels, sir. Are you, are you not seeing the... Uh, the, the, the... Are you not seeing the vision, the 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 vision that they had? I, it is reminiscence of uh, Bosch. I think that was 16th century. So this is something slightly different than the uh, traditional Dante's Inferno. Here, this is this is like an alien place. Well, it's it's amateur work. Let's be honest. Oh, uh, I, I mean, mean amateurs, amateurs. Uh, our artists in residence are doing quite well, wouldn't you say so yourself? I mean, it is quite shocking and troubling in many ways. But, I mean, you know, they are quite talented. You can't, can't deny it. Mr. Pershey. Uh, yeah, it is. It is, it is. Michael. He shakes your hand. Uh, it doesn't look like he's afraid Michael, of, I'm... you know, the illness or anything. The, um, uh, Connor, uh, this is Cal. Um, Michael, uh, what, what is it? Can you can you explain to me a little bit about what's going on here in these the here painting sculptures things? What was there was there like a stimuli that everybody was responding well, to, or was this like a free will? I mean, I I thing? wouldn't want to joke about those kind of things, but it looks like some sort of. Uh... I mean, it's it's spreading in their mind. Uh, I mean, one began to draw those kind of things and paint those kind of things, and everyone seemed to be attuned to it as they drew inspiration from each other. You know, and now they're all doing those kind of stuff. Is he is he convinced of what he's saying, or is he bullshitting? Us? Uh, you don't need a psychology rule. He looks perfectly honest here. So you believe. One person drew here, this here the, the, uh, uh, landscape, with this here lake, with this here the, the buildings and whatnot behind it. This person over here was making this sculpture here. This this the twisted man or woman uh, bending. I recognize it is weird, and I recognize that you know it is disturbing. But we are talking about people who are ill, who are suffering. Of course, you know, uh, death and pain is something that is going to inspire them in what they create. I'm not really surprised. I've been a war reporter. I've been to many places. I've seen horrible and gruesome things. Um, even in gruesome things, you can find beauty somehow. I apologize my, my heated response there. I absolutely agree. Mr. Poshy. Are you aware of the play that's been written here for the theatre? I mean, I've I've seen the the patients uh, going on about writing a play, but from what I gathered, from from a certain distance, 
looks like they're not going to be done anytime soon. They keep rewriting the whole thing. <laughs> and why, why is it they keep writing? Are they, are they writing an ending and then rewriting it? Yeah, is the that whole play. Here? I mean, you know, I think that they're all fighting uh, each other on what is supposed to go inside the play and what they should cut. So they write some things and they strike it out. Uh, you know, it's just... It's creativity, but it's not organized creativity. Mr. Poshi. Sir, sir, I feel this is a cry for help. Do you want to paint something? Get it out. Express those demons. You're speaking to me? Yes, sir. I have a different method of expelling my demons. Either I think you are well, use your speed tune if you're doing that. We will not. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Poshi. Uh, uh, just one moment, sir, one moment, and I kind of take most to the side. I understand what you're saying here. This isn't about me. This play, this paintings, and I point over at the landscapes, and, I, and then I point over at the, the sculptures. These sculptures, these here. These are products of whatever is going on here. These are products, products of whatever is going on here. But they are not the result of what's going on here. We need to get up on that first floor. We need to get up on that fourth floor and we need to get a nose about. I need to know me and you, we're on the same team here. We are. We are. We'll get you up there, sir. It's not about me getting up there with my problems. We'll deal with that. And if you support me in this, I promise you after this, if you want me to go to church, I will go to church. I'm telling you now. Okay. All right. So I'm convinced. Uh, tell me what to do, sir. I was actually lying to him then, just in case. <laughs> Keeper, that's that's a needed oh, thing. Oh, oh, I just, I just, it's like a persuade thing. Like I just want him to be on side. I don't, I'm not going to. Church. Well, Grim, it's up to you. Do you do you want a rope psychology or do you just want to believe him? I think Kyle would believe him because it's the first time he's ever offered that. So I think he could go. That along sounds with. good to me. Perfect. Connor's under pressure, so he's like, yep, I, I will go to church, but now now is not the time. We are on the clock. We are on the job. we got to get up to that fourth floor. Uh, let's let's head back up. Uh, so where did we see? Where did we say we were going to meet Sophia and Chris? Was it up on uh, the I think floor? that you all said that you were going to try to gather at the heliotherapy room later on. Yes, so let's get up there. Let's get up to the heliotherapy room. Let's meet those other guards. We we, we got a group discussion. And so we are going towards uh, Sophia and Chris right now. You back to the fifth floor, I guess? Hmm? Wonderful. Yeah. Are you going to knock on uh, Horace's door? Yes. That sounds fair and that sounds quite simple. You knock and you hear Horace's uh, voice being like, uh, can't you just leave me the bloody hell alone? Um, it's, uh, hi, I'm, uh, it's Chris from, uh, from earlier. The door opens and you see how he's half uh, naked. I mean, you know, he doesn't have a shirt. He was probably taking a nap or something. And he's like, oh, so you have a lady with you. Uh, hi. Oh, oh, oh my. Uh, well, well, hi. Uh, hi there. She's like, she's like putting it on like she's interested, but not really. 
Well, Chris, I'm happy to see that uh, you did listen to me. You didn't go for one of the nurses and you found yourself a patient. That's good. That's good. Uh, yeah, sure. Anyway, um, Horace, the other patient on Ward 5, is he called Jeremy? Yeah, yeah, he's he, he's he. He is. What does he look like? Um, long hair, brown, glasses, and he looks like you could just, like, slap him and he would die. Okay, that's just slightly odd. All right, yeah, no, th thank you. Oh, well, um, is he in the, like, can you see him in the heliotherapy room? Just, like, over there, because we got a big game? He'll probably be, like, uh, second floor or third floor. He prefers to be with people. Oh, right. That's that's actually really useful. Thank you, Kindly. That was, actually, yeah, thank you, Kindly, Horns. It was uh, lovely seeing you. I'm going to head on down there now. Uh, it's a pleasure, you know, and if you have any other chicks you wanna want me to meet... Don't hesitate. Sophia, like, here's chicks. And she goes, <laughs> chicks? Oh, well, come on. Uh, Mr. Horace, I I've got to ask. Uh, my friend Chris here says that you're not a fan of Mr. White. Can you tell me why that is? Uh, White, White. <laughs> He's useful. That's what I'm going to tell you. He's a useful fool. Useful how? <sighs> Persuade or charm, maybe, if you want. Uh... Oh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go for charm. She's like, she's really like, you know. Opening her eyes wide and you know, making us yeah, getting getting closer into him. Forty-eight out of seventy-five, success. Well, you see, Miss uh, Doctor White, he's he's a simple man. I'm also a simple man. I want things. I know things. And so Mr. White has to do what I want. That's how it works in life. Um, you just gotta listen. You gotta look around. Then you understand, and if you understand, well, then everything clicks. Um, and what is it that you want? Well, 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 many things, but I'm sorry, I, I already have someone at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh... I didn't mean like that, uh, but uh, I mean, it sounds like you have business dealings with Mr. White. I mean, uh, you make it sound like you're running this place. I'm not running the place, but I do use it. The Fifth Ward is uh, is a good place to to take a break. A break from what? Break from the world. <laughs> I don't want to be found right now. And the sanatorium is a good way to spend a little time uh, being comfortable or no one is going to be looking for me here. That's what it is. Well, uh, we, won't, we won't bother you any, any longer. Uh, thank you for your time, Horace. Anytime, miss. Anytime. And he'll close the door now and leave you to your own things. She looks at Chris and just raises her eyebrows <laughs> like, kind of thing. I thank you for uh, introducing me. Yeah, but at least now we know what Jeremy looks like, and uh, I figure second or third floor we can we can do that. So let's let's uh, go go searching. I'm gonna assume that the phone call is done as well, and um, we can all gather to the heliotherapy room if that works for you. Which one? I thought we were going to the fifth floor. Are we going to different heliotherapy rooms? Just gonna assume that you might go to the fifth floor in the first place and see no one. 
and then head to the third floor where you can all gather and find Jeremy if you want to. That sounds exactly what I want to do. That's perfect then. You're going to this uh, heliotherapy room. People are just lying in the sun. Some look bleak, some look quite healthy, but they're all calm. All the leads and nurses are patrolling the room, checking that everybody is just taking the sun and don't get excited. I'm gonna ask Arthur for a luck roll because he doesn't have a spittoon with him. I was planning on like going and telling them that someone stole it and I forgot. <laughs> Uh, 48 Fantastic. out of 56 uh, no one is going to ask you anything about that right now they will assume that it is in your pocket somewhere just don't cough in front of them but you should be fine <laughs> you find someone fitting the description given by Horace he's on the side by himself um, excuse me uh, are you sir are you um, Jeremy yeah yeah I am uh, who's asking I'm a, well, I was a friend of Arthur Strand you see his eyes lighting up. He's like, oh, are you a friend of Arthur? He was a dear friend of mine. Oh, I'm so glad. I've got some friends who are wanting to know more about him. Do you mind if they come and talk to you? Yes, of, of course. You're welcome. I bring my team over. So, you, so you're all friends of, of Arthur. What are you all doing here? Are you all sick? Some of us, I think. <laughs> some of you, but what about the others? What are you doing here if you're not sick? We are all here, uh, uh, but we recommend here by Arthur's brother. Oh, Jeremy. The, indeed, and and he referred us to here. Arthur had amazing time. Arthur talked about you. Oh, Arthur talked about me. That's that's nice of him. I've never met Jeremy myself. I mean, I met Arthur here uh, at the sanatorium, but he talked about his brother a lot. He loved him. What was your relationship with Arthur? You you sound like you were very close. Uh, he was, he he was a really good friend of mine. I mean, if it's harsh now that that he's gone, I mean you know we were we were creating things together. You know he wrote the music for the play. He was writing poems. We. You feel like he's kind of closing on you. There's some things that he doesn't really want to talk about. Yeah, yeah, no, we were we were good friends. Connor's kind of nudging everybody else around him, just at a bit of a loss, but just kind of nudging Carl and Arthur and Sophia, Chris, just nudging someone on the arm, kicking someone on the back of the leg, just kind of giving the signal to everybody, just basically going, go, ask questions, go. Yeah, Sophia kind of goes, ah, ah, oh, uh, uh, Jeremy, um, did, did you have a lot to do with the writing of the, the play about the king and the lake? I... I mean, I wasn't like a, a big part of it. I was, uh, I was in it because Arthur was in it. But it is quite a fascinating tale, isn't it? Well, I, I believe so. But do, do, do you not have anything to do with it anymore? Why is that? No, 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 no. Uh, you can all roll for psychology here. Five extreme oh, success. success. Five out of fifty. He's afraid. He's scared. It looks like it might be related to the fact that Arthur, uh, Arthur is dead now. He's clearly out of all the creative and artistic process because he fears that what did happen to Arthur might happen to him. I, uh, no, no. It's just with Arthur, you know, uh, being away. I don't, I don't really like those things anymore. 
Hey, dude, we're all friends here, and we, we, we're just talking amongst ourselves, Jeremy. You, you got nothing to worry about I'm, I'm, I'm not worried about you. I'm, I'm not worried at all. I'm fine. I'm fine. How, how long was he in the fourth floor? A few days. Not long at all. Did you go and visit him on the fourth floor? Uh, you're not allowed to, and I don't think I want to. On the fourth floor, if you're going to the fourth floor, then then you're you're pretty much already dead. Did, was there something that happened that led him to the fourth floor? Was there was there an event, a, a, a confrontation? Uh, if you if you want him to talk about it, you might need a persuade or charm or intimidation if that's as a road you. I can do a persuade unless someone else wants to. You, no, you go for it. You were leading this. You go um, for it. The truth is we've been sent here by Arthur's brother to try and figure out what happened to him. And as you probably also do, we worry that it will also happen to other people. Or perhaps it already has happened to other people. And those people could be us. Any anything you could do to help us, if there's anything we can do, if there's anything you know, it. it I know it's a long shot, but we could save people's lives by stopping whatever it is they're doing. Pedro, you can take a bonus die for this best trade role. You, you told them that you were investigating Arthur's death. You trusted him with information. He wants to trust you as well. Damn, those are bad rolls. <laughs> Let's see. I got a 73 out of 40. Can I push it? Can I push it? Yeah, you can. You can. I perfectly know what's going to happen. I will push it. It's perfectly fine. You can. Can I keep my bonus die? Can I push it by breaking down and starting to cry? Yes. Quietly, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) Quietly. (laughs) And I lost my spittoon. That's right. (laughs) Um. <laughs> 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 please, please, please don't don't make too much noise. The nurses and the elderly say don't like when we make too much noise. Um, it's been such a difficult time for all of us. It has been rough for for me as well. We've with Arthur. I I told I told the reverend about it, but we had the same dreams. The lake's a drowning. The lake. Especially the drowning. The drowning. When, 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 when Arthur, when Arthur just, he went, he told me that, you know, the sickness was a gift. He told me that because of the sickness, he could write again better. He told me that I still have, I still have his letters. I, I hid them in his room uh, under the mattress. He he was taking notes. He was saying that you know it was some sort of some sort of. I mean, he was feeling sicker and sicker, and he was losing his mind. But at the same time, he felt more powerful than he ever was. When he was sent to the fourth ward, I understood that he was he went too far. He went too far. I I don't want to finish like him. I don't want to finish into the fourth ward. You don't get out of the fourth ward. 
I, I just, I just, I just want, I just want to get out. I just want to get out. <laughs> I don't want to end up like Arthur. I don't want. Hey, hey, Jeremy, Jeremy, You have a few Jeremy. orderlies coming towards you and be like, uh, is everything all right? No, we're just rehearsing a scene from the play uh, that Jeremy used to be writing about. He's doing a fantastic job. Well, 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 well. Well done, Jeremy. Yeah, please, well no done. clapping here. Oh, it wasn't sorry. the rules. <laughs> apologies. Uh, I, I mean, <laughs> well, well done, Jeremy. Well done. <laughs> But my mistake, I apologize. That's Connor, is that it? Um, yes. He uh, takes out a small notebook, a small notepad. <laughs> and he's writing your name. I'll remember that. Sorry, did I say Connor? I meant Kyle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> right. And he's leaving now. He has your name. I'll just pass Connor a Bible. <laughs> Where do you keep it? It's a spare pocket. <laughs> Everywhere. It's a pocket Bible. Uh, I'll, okay. I'll, can I lean over to Jeremy and just say, Jeremy, you, you are okay. We, we, we collectively, including you, boy, we, we we're gonna get out of here. We're gonna be okay. Okay, uh, guys. What I'm gonna propose to you, uh, I'm gonna skip to the night, if that doesn't bother you. I'm, I, can I imagine that we've gone at some point to Arthur's old room and got the letters from under his bed? Uh, yes, of course, and I will give you all those letters. <laughs> up, up, Bedtime reading. I imagine it would have been Christopher who would have snuck in and got them. And... But, uh, you know, it is nothing new in some ways. Uh, you've heard about it now. 11th of November, 1926. Terrible nightmare. Drowning in a black void. Not like water, but heavier, sickly, like a swamp, but living. Strange. Cold and endless, the water expands. No lid, no bottom, limitless. No, not expands. No mention of movement like death. Traverse? 20th of November, 1926. Drowning dream again. Air bubbles. Sparkling gold in the midst of the blackness of the void. Light sunbeams penetrating the canopy of a dense dark forest. Bright arcs of yellow dancing. The water is thick. Can't describe it. Dense like milk. Sick and pre-nurturing. This cradle of life covers me whole. Muse. Crossed out. Words and sensations come to me. 7th of the 12th, 1926. Every night now, a visit to the depths. Black, sparkling, sickly tinted. Glad, so glad. In the depth, grip of the endless fathoms, muses come and caress. Breath escapes, yet eternal screams fuel my hands like thunderous hail. Burst erupting from within, life renewed. Oh, the stars above and below reflected. Witness the gate lied as it bathes the defeated. During the rest of the afternoon, so you uh, go to this room, you pick up that, you read that and share it amongst yourself. It is supper time. Once again, people seem agitated and weird, but it's all right, I guess. 
you are being sent to your rooms and you start sleeping. You sleep well, at least most of you. Sophia, Arthur, you dream. You dream of a sandy beach, a yellow sandy beach. The sand is warm and welcoming. As you walk, the sand is more and more liquid and less solid. For with each step, you go further down within the sand. It is not sand anymore, a liquid, bubbly and sticky. The smell, it is the smell of chemicals. The smell of, ah uh, yes, javel I guess. The kind of smell you can smell in a hospital. This phlegm is welcoming you in its embrace. Warm, nurturing, and it covers now your whole face. It starts slowly going down inside your airways. You can't breathe, but it is a nice sensation because it is a new life coming to you. You welcome it. As you try to cough it out. And you wake up in the middle of the night. You are in separate rooms. I'm going to ask uh, the five of you to make a listen roll at that point. But because you are awake, uh, Sophia and Arthur, you will get a bonus die on this listen roll. 40 pass. Oh, 51 on both. So I'm going to spend one luck to make that a success. I failed them coughing, coughing too loud, too loudly <laughs> to hear anything. Arthur goes back to sleep, but Chris is awakened by the sound of a truck or maybe a car. You wouldn't be so sure, but the faint sound of this car or truck coming towards the building is waking you up. Sophia, you're awake and you try to see through the window, but within the dark, it's hard to see anything. But you're still listening. You hear muffled voices, maybe. People arguing, people fighting each other, maybe. Yeah, you don't really know. It comes from the forest anyway. That's that's something you're certain of. And you are the only two who actually achieve? No, you two? A hard success. Hard success, perfect. Uh, I, got, I got 28 out of 60. I feel. So the three of you are awake and heard that. It is not much in many ways. And I don't know if you wanted to investigate or if you were about to just go back to sleep. But whatever you wanted, you hear a scream just next to you. It is a voice you, Chris, and you, Sophia, uh, recognize. Kyle, you wake up at that point. Arthur, you're not going back to bed at that point because you all hear that scream. 
it is someone almost screaming for his life. What do you want to do? Yeah. Get up. Someone's in need of help, so I'll go to the door and crack it open and see if there's anyone in the hall. If there's not, I'll pad out and mm -hmm. see what I think is probably someone getting taken to the fourth floor. As you open your door, on if you're doing the same, you can all see the same thing. I I also reach for my gun first. Do you have your gun when you're yeah, coming uh, out? But not not showing, just there. Okay, not showing, of course, no worries at As all. As we get into the hall, I look quite concerned that Connor has a gun. I, I have it behind my back. I, ha I have my gun, but I have it behind my back running out. Yeah, is Connor holding the gun out and open? <laughs> but Sophia can probably see it behind me. I'm just concerned he's got one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As you open the doors, Horace is being taken away. He's screaming on top of his lungs, being like, Leave me, leave me now! I'm not sick! Leave me! And two orderlies are taking him away. Eugene is looking at the scene. He looks extremely satisfied, like a cat who caught a bird. Horace is being taken away. Eugene is coming to you and be like, go back to your rooms. There's nothing to see here. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. That's just normal procedure. Horace is suffering from a psychotic break. We are bringing him to the fourth ward. As Eugene is telling you that, do you accept to go back to rooms? No. Right. Has Eugene seen that we've got guns? No, not so far. Oh, we're hiding okay. them. I mean, you know, you all told me, oh yeah, we're hiding guns <laughs> and stuff like that. Fair he's not. Okay. He's looking at you as a group. Uh, he's like not looking at what you have in your hands and stuff like that. What does Kyle do? He said no. <laughs> what does Kyle do? We know people go to the fourth floor for all kinds of reasons, and the Reverend has been denied access to the fourth floor. I've been asked to facilitate access to the fourth floor, so we can see if everyone's doing okay. I think we better go with him. He's a lost soul. We could help him. Are you, are you speaking to us or are you speaking to Eugene? Eugene. Yeah, uh, tell me that again. You want to go to the fourth floor as yes. well? How's that it, buddy? <laughs> well, you must be really, really messed up if you want to go to the fourth floor. But Dr. White signed Horace to go to the fourth floor. Not you. If you're feeling unwell, talk to Margaret. As he's saying Margaret's name, you can uh, see the door of Margaret's room uh, opening. She's in some sort of, you know, some nightgown. And when she sees Horace, she's starting to scream. She's like, "What? what why are you? What are you doing? Leave him be! Leave him be! Don't! Don't! Don't do that!" The orderlies just ignore Margaret as they're pushing her aside, and as they just keep going, and she's just begging, begging now, be like, "No! No! Please don't! Don't! Don't take him! Don't take him now! Don't! Don't!" Eugene turns to you and be like, "Stay there," and he goes towards Margaret and is like. Calm down, calm down, everything's gonna be fine. The doctor, and she's just like, no, no, doctor, I, it can't be, it can't be, Dr. White is making a mistake. Horace, Horace is fine. Horace is great, Horace is, I, I can't, no, we can't do that. Chris is looking at Connor and he's like giving him, should, should we, 
Should we? Should we call? I, ju- I just give. I give Chris the hold sign. <clears throat> I turn to Arthur and Sophia and just kind of just very quickly say, d- 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 "Maybe go and call down uh, the the nurse. She seems a little uh, out of sorts there." Um, and then I turn to Carl and just say, "Carl, you have an obligation, a moral obligation, to get into that ward and make sure these people are okay. You're going to stand by here and let Maurice tell you that you can't go in there when the Reverend has told you you need to be in there. What are you going to do, Carl?" Thank you for joining us for Act 3 of The Yellow Death by Batu Bazoglu. And thanks to the sponsors of this production, The Storytelling Collective, about which you can find out more on our website, miskatonicplayhouse.com, and find us on social media platforms with links found in the show notes. Until the curtain rises again. <laughs>